JJ, back again, my brother. You always you always disappear off the screen right when we start. <laughs> I'm sorry, it just came uh, the it's recording right, okay. and it covers your face, so I got to knock it off. But thanks for having me back again. Uh, God, since the last time you and I talked, it is shocking how how much how bad things have exponentially gotten on the border, uh, and, and and it's exploding. Like all of my contacts and, and investigative reporters that we kind of talk back and forth, even we're like. I can't believe we've hit this mark on the border and what's happening. So I'm excited to talk to you today. And I appreciate you giving me another opportunity to talk in a long format about what's happening on the border. Of course, man. And uh, Brian O'Shea is going to be joining us. He's just running a little bit behind. He's out there saving the world one day at a time. So we're waiting for him to, <laughs> to check in here. But uh, but yeah, you know, I, I wanted to open with this house explosion that happened I, I i don't have it in front of me i think it was in arlington virginia is that cor is that correct arlington or mclean one of the two yeah um so the video popped up last night i i was not expecting anything that spectacular i i thought you know maybe it's just a meth lab or something and I've, we've seen those but this was this was like a mine exploded in yeah. it in a, in a, and so somebody commented on my post now this is coming from the internet, so I cannot verify. Right. I cannot verify whether or not this is true, but uh, but somebody posted on when I posted the video, they they responded with uh, a screenshot of the supposed owner of the house, and the owner of the house is a a, a Chinese national. Um, did you did you hear anything about that? I, I have not. I heard uh, Brian posted something where before it got scrubbed. I don't know if it's already been scrubbed. Where one of the neighbors was talking about this, this is the sequence of events. Um, I have not got, it's, it kind of went radio silent, right? Nobody's talking about it. And you're right, when you watch the video, you're like, it, it's like a Scud missile came into a neighborhood and blew up a house, like the house blew up. It wasn't like two or three windows blew up. Like the roof shot up like 200 feet in the air. Debris was flying everywhere. It was insane. Yeah, I don't, dude. I think the world's on fire, and I, I just do. And Brian, when he comes on, he'll probably be able to talk to you more about what's happening in that realm. But I believe the world is on fire, um, and I don't think that I'm being dramatic or, or oversensitive about it. Um, it just is. It, things are happening at such a rate, and the not so much, Jason. The the, the amount, it's the connectivity of it all, and that's what's frightening when you start to see. All, I always I call it connecting the dots. You connect the dots and all of a sudden this picture starts to form and you can't stop looking at the picture because you keep drawing another line, another angle, and you're like, holy crap, this is what's happening and you can't ignore it, right? So things are happening in America and you're talking about a Chinese national. I don't know this gentleman uh, whose house blew up or, or anything, but that's a hot topic in America now. People are finally waking up to the fact that the border's completely wide open. Hundreds of thousands of Chinese nationals are pouring into America. Reports are coming down from Central America and, and Colombia and, and Panama as they make their journey up to America. And it's shocking. The numbers are shocking. What's happening? Yeah. Okay. And, and just for our listeners, my daughter's home with the flu today. So if you hear my little pony and voices in the background, <laughs> this is the best I got. This is the best I could do today. But yeah, it's... um. Well, the video itself is, I, I mean, it's, it's, 
it's what you said. Like, I mean, the roof flies off, there's debris all over the street. And and here's what I think. And, you know, this is going back to our, our last conversation. I've, I've been kind of thinking about it in my head. And I think, I think this is all compartmentalized into smaller events for, for a reason. And the reason being is because as you said, it's hard to make the connection and connect all the dots when it's a bunch of smaller events happening. Right. Right. And, and, you know, we talked about uh, the military age Chinese men that are making their way into the United States right now. I saw a video from libs of TikTok where where they had arrested uh, it looks like hundreds of Chinese nationals along coming in through the southern border. And and so it seems to me that this is that this is happening intentionally to kind of break things into separate cells into smaller events and smaller groups so that it's that it's largely undetected by, you know, say national media, right? Because I haven't seen anything uh, about this explosion, you know, anywhere today. And and I don't really pay attention to mainstream media, but typically you'd see a, a, a an article or something show up in your newsfeed the next day. I, I haven't yeah. seen anything about it. I've only seen the video itself. I'd, I've seen the interview with the guy who filmed the video that, that you posted and that's it. Nothing else. Yeah, um, nothing else. So, so this so this other video that I saw with these with these Chinese nationals that were the 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 um, military aged men that were arrested along the southern border. Have you seen that video? Like, yes. did you? Okay, what what's your? I know where, I know where they're crossing. Yeah, I, I I work that area. I know where they where they cross. So let so your audience. Let's put this into context. So your audience doesn't think well. There's a hundred thousand. I mean, a hundred, two hundred, maybe five thousand people Chinese nationals. No. Since Joe Biden's taken office 35 months, over 105,000 Chinese nationals have been arrested. Okay, 105,000. That's excluding the last two months. And let me tell you why I've, I've, I've taken away the last two months, last three months. Because in September of this year, I'm looking at my numbers, 7,271 Chinese nationals were arrested. October, 7,166. A uh, source inside of ICE uh, told one of my uh, colleagues, and they passed it on to me, the internal data is showing, and they won't post this until about another three or four weeks, November's numbers look like 9,000 Chinese nationals, the vast majority military age adult men. Okay, and now your audience, I need you to understand that um, this is just what we caught. 80% of the complete border at any given time is unmanned. Well over 80% of 90% of the border in Canada is unmanned. You have less than 25, maybe 2,000 agents in the northern border, 5,400 miles of the border in Canada unmanned. No one's there, okay? So people are pouring in to our nation undetected absconding. Now, you go back, you look what I told you, you go back to Daring Gap and Columbia, that is... it. Columbia bottlenecks in South America, and they make their way up through there. There's a gentleman, I forget, I think his name's Anthony, and I apologize for not knowing his name, but he runs muckraker.com, and he actually went down to the Darien Gap and has been filming, and actually was kidnapped. And he's filming a hotel in Panama that just caters to Chinese nationals. In fact, they have Chinese uh, menus, Chinese uh, check-in uh, instructions, because no one speaks Chinese in, in Panama. So they're just, 
it's just churning. And he interviewed, it's a very, it's very fascinating, interviewed one of the Chinese nationals that agreed to be interviewed, pixelated his face and his voice. And they used a translator and said, what are you afraid of? And he said, I'm afraid of the Chinese spies. And it was like, in America? Yes. And he said, they're police in plain clothes. So the Chinese nationals have, and this has already been documented, in New York City, they, they arrested and closed down a Chinese police station that they, they open up their own police station, you know, blacked out underground to monitor their Chinese nationals and any dissidents they have in America. So this is not fantasy land. This is happening. Why I say this is very important. Our number one adversary is China. Number two is Russia. And then we have the Middle East and Iran. Okay. Chinese and Russians, hundreds of thousands of them have come in our nation under Joe Biden. And when you connect this last dot, and it's frightening, because we have a senator, we have uh, 100 senators, one of our senators, Dick Durbin from Illinois, he is a, a scumbag. He actually, uh, a Republican, put a, a bill up to declassify and, uh, and expose Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs to his uh, minor child sex raping island, and Dick Durbin blocked it. Dick Durbin blocked Ugh. it. Why would you block it? Because you've probably been there, Dick Durbin. Um, so Dick Durbin comes out and says yesterday in the afternoon, hey, I am, I am championing a bill by another senator that is encouraging and going to allow illegal aliens to join our armed forces. To oh. join our armed forces. No one, you and I talked before we went live about history. Nobody knows history. This is the final straw that broke the camel's back in the Roman Empire. Yeah. Is they allowed... They allowed, uh, I want to say they were people from Germany, the Huns or whatever, into them, constrict, brought them in the military, and then allowed their leaders to be the leaders of their army. And they just turned around and killed everybody in Rome and said, okay, we own Rome. Yeah. Let, let's just, let, let's move, let's, let's jump ahead three years. Because America can't get people to join the military because nobody wants to do diversity, inclusion, and all that other BS. They don't want to hear, they don't want to take orders from a man wearing high heels and a dress about how to go kill and shoot the enemy. They fear that that person is going to get them killed. So like the army's 25% down, 25% down. We can't recruit. Okay. Let's fast forward three years. We bring in 50,000 Chinese, Russians, and Middle Easterns into our military. They're trained now. When we go into a hot war and we start killing their brothers and sisters in China and Russia in the Middle East, do you think they're going to shoot their brothers and sisters? No. Or do you think they're going to turn that weapon on the infidels and kill us all? Mm -hmm. And if you don't think that's a probability, you are a complete and utter moron. Mm -hmm. That's happening. That's what they want to do. Think, think of the absurdity of this. Look, we're at... Per DHS numbers, we're at over 11 million people in 35 months have been allowed into the border and released. I know that number and everyone in, in law enforcement and immigration knows that number is closer to 20 million people. CIS.org just came out with another study. They did a demographic study and they did another study and found 49.5 million 
residents in America are foreign nationals. There are between 40 and 45 million people in America that are illegal aliens. That's that is shocking. That is, I mean, it's beyond shocking. It's, it's, it's horrifying. It's terrifying because of exact for the reasons you just outlined, right? Um, you know, if it, so, intake of new recruits to the American military overall right now is down twenty five percent. You said that's just in the army. Just they're in the army, they're given up to fifty thousand dollars sign in bonuses. I believe in the Air Force, they can't. They don't have any pilots. They can't get them. And and, they, and it, why? Why you 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 forced a significant percentage of our soldiers and airmen and Marines and Navy out because they wouldn't take the vaccination. We're 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 fighting wars all over the world. There, uh, Douglas McGregor, who I really like, he's a retired colonel, I think, and he's very he's very straightforward. I heard him on he's all over the place, but I, I watch this in particular in Tucker Carlson on X. He says we're running out of munitions. Our tanks are a generation older than they were. We're, we're not used to fighting wars, like real wars. We're, we're, we're used to going into mud huts and, 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 and going through little neighborhoods, urban areas, and, and, and shooting goat herders and get IEDs blowing up. That's not war. That's not war. That, that's kind of insurgent, walk around and try to find the bad guy. And he says, we're not prepared. We don't have the munitions. We don't have the tanks. Everything is falling apart. We don't have the money. We have no infrastructure in place to do that. And nobody will join the military. There's a percentage, and I don't know what it is, and I need to look at it. There is a significant percentage of adult males in America that can't even, they can't even join the military because they're so fat and slobs. Mm-hmm. We, we have an obesity problem in America. We, we got kids that don't even shoot a gun, they can't even kneel down and get up. You ever see that? You ever see that movie, um, uh, Wally, where they're mm-hmm. on a spaceship and everyone's gigantic? Walk around, walk around any big city, any airport, bus station in America, and you swear to God, you're watching the movie Wally. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem we have in America. The people that want to be in military, it's such a small percentage. But those are now saying, God, I don't know if I really want to do that. Same thing with law enforcement. We're bleeding law enforcement officers and everyone's saying, God, I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. What? I got to go to Brownsville, Texas and drive people around and take them to the airport, be like a taxi Then Screw it. I'm not doing that. So we're, we're, we are at, at a, a press, we're, we're at a crossroads in America on many, many levels, but in my, my, my experience and expertise in immigration law enforcement, it is uh, very significant what is happening in the culture of law enforcement and military and the, the lack of those people, those men to do those jobs. It's men and women, but 90 something percent, it's male dominated. Um, and it, but there are, millions of military-aged men pouring into our country that would be glad to take up arms, get free everything, and then turn their weapons on us. It's already been done. Everything that you and I are discussing is not theoretical. Well, that's a great theory that, you know, you're from Harvard or Yale and you came up with this at a war college. No, this has already happened, you idiots. 
It's called history. Mm -hmm. Can't do this. It's there's no good outcome. And I think that's my, my biggest uh, thing that I want to impress upon you. When you take in all the data and you look at everything that's happening, there is no good outcome. There's nothing you go, wow, that would be great if that happened. No, mm -hmm. there's nothing that is good that's going to come from the treason that's happening in America. Yeah, so we're we're dealing with a similar issue here in Canada, but it's it's different. We've had, I think I might have mentioned this the last time we spoke, but I'll say it again. We've had, I believe the number is 1,700 members of our Canadian Armed Forces leave their ranks because they cannot afford to live on their base. Mm -hmm. Meaning that the cost of living is too high. They 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 literally cannot afford to be soldiers soldiers. And that's happens um, here. Now keep in mind our our military is significantly smaller than the American military, right? So to lose 1700 members of our Canadian Armed Forces, it, it's it's a big deal. And um you know, I I like I I I really struggle with a lot of this because I try not to lean too hard into conspiracy theories. Like maybe this is just happening and 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 it's due to mismanagement and it's due to incompetence, but you can't help but feel like this is deliberate, right? Like you can't help but feel like all of this is happening deliberately at the same time with a uh, with a specific goal in mind, mm -hmm. right? I mean, yeah, the 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 fact that the American military is considering even considering admitting foreign nationals into its ranks is insane. That's insane, and it's not just the Romans. I mean, this has happened multiple times. Mm -hmm. It is it is insane. That they would even yes. that 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 would even be tabled, and, and and now is it is it just because these people are uneducated, or do you think they're on on somebody's payroll? They have to be on someone's payroll, and I've had this discussion. It's a great discussion to have. Is it incompetence, or is it malicious treason? And my argument always is, you, an individual, or a group of individuals, or an organization, could not mathematically through probability, continue to be wrong every single time, right? Mm -hmm. Dick Durbin. Dick Durbin's a moron. However, he's not that dumb. He got into Senate. He's able to manage people. So yeah. that guy continually is on the wrong side of history every single time. It's not by accident. The border, wide open. We we now have CBP-1 app. Now we have parole. We have... We have uh, uh, asylum. We have mm -hmm. catch and release. Well, these are these these decisions had to be discussed and then agreed upon. Mm -hmm. You can't consistently make the same bad decisions day after day after day. If the, if our government was Google, it would be bankrupt. If if we ran any of our cities like a business to be bankrupt, they are bankrupt. New York City's bankrupt. Los Angeles, uh, San Francisco, go on and on. They're all bankrupt. They're physically bankrupt. So no, I don't believe, I don't, I, I think back in the day when you had Democrats that loved America and they just, they just thought welfare should be different. They thought uh, wars should be whatever. They still believed, we all, we all believe the same thing. America's great. America is charitable. We have our problems, but we're still a great nation that has uh, great potential. That's not what it is. We have 
a segment, the, the whole Democrat Party believes that America needs to be fundamentally transformed. Why do you change? Why do you fundamentally transform something you're supposed to love? Because you don't love it. That's just that's just common sense. Then within within the Democrat Party, you have a a, a very powerful segment that hate Jews. They want to destroy Israel. And then you have Republicans that do nothing. Marjorie Taylor Greene put out a tweet today, and she was absolutely 100% right. She says, showed a picture, a video of the border just getting bonsai today down in Arizona, just destroyed. And she said, the Dems and the Republicans do nothing. Mm -hmm. And she's right. But then the the follow-up statement or question has to be, why? Why would your government allow 20 million people to pour into your nation? And and worse and believe that it's going to be good. good. They know it's not going to be good. So why would they allow this to happen? Mm-hmm. And that's a question that people need to sit down and ask. I can answer that because I know what it is. But Americans individually need to say, is what is happening in America good for America? And and let me let me let me. This might be a side topic, but it's something that may, I would like to ask you because I, I just went. And, and I was running errands and, and somebody uh, that works at a grocery store, I just asked them, we started talking and I asked him this question because it just struck me last night. I believe that America's, Americans, doesn't matter if you're the lowest level, economic to the highest and where, where you are socially, there is an unease, almost a feeling of dread in America. I can't put my finger on it. But last night I was thinking, it's almost Christmas. We're three weeks away from, less than three weeks away from Christmas. There is no joy. I don't feel it. Mm-hmm. Usually you, you, you go around and people are shopping, they're happy, you know, Christmas songs are going. There's, it's almost as if it is August 14th. Like it's just August. That's yeah. how it feels. Do you yeah. feel that? Do you see that? I say it's it's widespread in Canada too. But but here's what I think it is. And this is going to sound kind of out there, but but give me time with it. I think I think it's a spiritual instinct that we're all feeling right now. I I think that <clears throat> there's 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 a vibration in the air that we're look, we're we're more than just skin and bones, right? There are our brains are like I always um, I always explain it like like it's our, our brain is like a transistor picking up signals, right? And that's 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 uh, it's my theory on consciousness and many others as well is that consciousness is actually flowing through our universe and and our brain is like a, a receiver and it's picking up signals. And there's a there's a vibration, there's different vibrations. And and you know, that's where the term vibe comes from, right? You walk in a room and you're like, ooh, there was a bad vibe in that room. And right. <clears throat> excuse me, it, it's actually a real phenomenon, right? It's it's like when you're working on the border and you see a guy coming through and you look him in the eyes and you you know, you're like, This guy's armed. I there's just something about it. I can feel it, you know? Yeah. Well, it's the it's a vibe, it's a vibration that you're picking up. And I think that there's a widespread vibration in the West right now that we all know something is coming, that something devastating is going to happen, whether it's economic, 
whether it's 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 an insurgency, it's physical war, something's coming because you can feel it here in Canada. There's there, the same the same deal. We're in the Christmas season where I'm located is very Christian conservative. So it's like usually everybody's out having a great time, yeah. but there's but there's a tension in the air. And it's and it's again, it's the vibration. I think people are picking up a vibration and we can all sense that something is on the way and something really, really bad. Like th there's going to be something that comes that we're going to have to endure that a lot of us are not going to make it through. And I know it's crazy to say that. And I and I and I certainly hope that's that that it's that I'm wrong. But that's what I've picked up is that that there's something we can all sense that there's something going on here something more than meets the eye and it's we're going to find out very soon and i think 2024 is going to be a tumultuous year i think i think the year ahead between you know um the push toward globalism we know that digital ids and central bank digital currencies are on the way i think we can all sense that our economies are being purposely imploded um you know, like what we're seeing right now with with immigration and and we know that there's some sort of attack is coming, you know, I I can I compare America to I think America is in a Pearl Harbor moment, but it's a little bit different. Right. So, um, you know, Pearl Harbor, the the generals and the admirals who were who were on the on the island on Oahu were aware something was coming uh, uh, like ten days beforehand, right? There's a I can't rem I, I I'm gonna kill myself trying to remember it, so I'm not gonna try. But but there's but there's an infamous message sent from the mainland to the the uh, officers stationed on Oahu like 10 days before warning imminent attack is essentially what's what what they're being told right and it's because they've picked up Japanese uh Japanese uh boats heading in their direction but all of the officers on Oahu are like First of all, Japan, I mean, Japan had just become a military force, right? Japan was not anything to really be worried about. Um, they had they had they they had earned their respect, you know, through uh they defeated the Russians, right, in 1905. They they had invaded China and defeated Chinese, uh, the Chinese military on multiple occasions. So they had earned their respect. But in terms of it's fucking America. You know what I mean? We're America. Like the, there's no way in a million years Japan is going to to attack America. So what all the generals and admirals actually thought was that America was getting ready to attack Japan. That because they they were aware the Japanese were were moving on the 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 islands in the South Pacific, right? Um, because of the the war in in Europe, right? Uh, with Germany invading basically everybody all of those territories were up for grabs and japan doesn't have a ton of natural resources so it made sense for the japanese to move on um uh, uh well what was at the time i can't remember uh what, what what we know now is indonesia right it made sense for them to move into china it made sense because because basically anybody who was going to be able to defend them were preoccupied with Hitler and the Nazis, right? right? So the idea was, yeah, of course, Japan's invading all of these other island nations, but whatever, right? So, so right. America, Japan was making a move on the on the Philippines, 
And so all of the officers stationed on Oahu, because the Philippines were an American colony, all of the nation, all of the officers who were stationed on Oahu were under the impression that they were going to be attacking Japan. They didn't, they didn't ever think in a million years that Japan would attack America, especially on Oahu, right? And so, Brian, and so, um, and so, so, so when the, when the Japanese show up the day of, the, the, all of the, all of the fighter planes are on the runway because they were prepared to, to take off and go and bomb Japan. All of the, all of the ships are fully fueled, sitting at the dock, ready to leave to fight Japan. So they were a complete sitting duck, completely. Mm-hmm. The, the, you, you, the, the Japanese couldn't have asked for a better scenario, right? And that's where I think we are right now. I think we have a false sense of security. And I think America through, I mean, the last, you know, however many decades of, of, of conquering the world just thinks that nobody's ever going to fuck with America. Nobody's ever going to do it. Who, who's, who's, I agree. who's crazy enough to take a shot at America. And I think what we're seeing now with all of these, with all these military aged men flowing into the United States, that's, that's the one thing America is not anticipating. What America, what America anticipates is a, is a threat coming from outside, not a, not a threat coming from inside out. Right. And I think I, I just, I just think that's what we're seeing. I mean, I know history and, and it's hard to, it's hard to imagine tens of thousands of people pulling, pouring into your country, military aged men with the simple ambition of just getting a job or driving a taxi. And that, and you hit it, you articulate it. Perfect. Why? And I always say this, why do you think that this is improbable? Let me give you, I, I don't know if you and I talked about this. I'll give you a quick story. I, I ran a large uh, maritime unit, but on the land side, I know it's oxymoron, but as giant pongas, they're, they're as big as school buses, the open bow fishing vessels would land in the Pacific Ocean. And my team, I had about 60 guys that I, that I had on my task force. We would intercept those narcotic and human smuggling boats all along the coast from, from San Diego to Santa Barbara, California, it's about 160, 170 coastal miles. Okay. LA, Malibu, the whole nine yards. A boat just boats are landing all over the place now because there's no one there to do to do anything. I remember in our giant marine base is called Camp Pendleton. It's in Orange County, California, right just south of Orange County, California. Like enormous, right on the Pacific Ocean. And then a little cutout inside on the outside uh, of Camp Pendleton, right on the coast, is the Navy. And you ever see those giant hovercrafts that skim the water and come up? Well, they had an LCAC tower, stood about six stories high. So they were, the smugglers were guiding off the, the light tower and driving right up on the landing mats of LCAC tower and dropping off 35 illegal aliens and illegal aliens were running through this restricted area into Camp Pendleton. And I had to go to the provost marshal. He is the the head law enforcement officer on Camp Pendleton. He's a Marine, but that's his job. I remember going to talk to him and I'm standing standing up giving my presentation. I need your help, I need your help. And it's him and, and about five of his lieutenants. And I'm saying, this is this has become a national security issue. You have illegal aliens running through your 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 base, and they turn to each other. I'll never forget this. They kind of turned to each other and smirked. 
Like, what's this guy know? And I flipped a switch because I was like, oh, okay. I said, let's tell, let me tell you a little story. It's September 10th. And I come to you and tell you they're about to fly planes into the World Trade Center and blow them up. Mm -hmm. You would give me the same year look you guys are giving me right now. And I said, here's the difference. I'm coming to tell you that this is a probability because you have Hezbollah and Hamas terrorist sites down in Mexico. And you are bringing, you're bringing boats in here unmolested. How bad is it for America if 35 jihadists come off a boat and start blowing up your barracks in America? Mm -hmm. Everything changed. I got access to everything they gave me. They gave me support because they saw, yeah, as crazy as that is, it could happen. So why can't we have 9-11? Why can't we have Pearl Harbor? Why can't we have all these terrorist attacks? And then you and I are crazy to say, wait a minute, you've allowed in oh, almost 300,000 Chinese and Russians. Not even, I'm not even talking about another two, three, 400,000 special interest aliens. I'm just talking about this group. And to think that nothing bad's going to happen, you have to be a complete moron to surmise that everything's okay. Yeah, yeah, and and again, I mean, it's 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 like, well, what are they doing here? Why are there so many pouring in? You know, like like to somebody has to explain the sudden uptick in people flowing into America, and it can't just be, well, because America is the place to be. Right. It's the same thing with Canada. I mean, we're dealing with the same thing here in Canada and nobody wants to be in Canada anymore because our our federal government has turned is slowly turning into a communist dictatorship. We, we yep. so in Canada for the first time ever, I believe don't quote me on this, but I, I, I don't know the number exactly. But we've had the most amount, the largest amount of immigrants leave Canada last year in this last year than ever before. Because really? people are, yeah, people are coming here and they're realizing, holy shit, this place is the same as what I left, if not worse. Yeah. Right. You know, during the Freedom Convoy, during the pro trucker uh, protest in, in Ottawa, there is video after video after video of people who are from communist countries saying, this is how it started where I'm from. This is how it started. Like, don't be stupid enough to think that this won't turn bad. Right. Like what the, we're here protesting because we left this shit years ago, decades ago. We, the People who have lived through it are the are the number one people you want to refer to because they could tell you what the early warning signs are. And these people are screaming it, not just to each other in videos right. on social media. But again, I think it's because we've had it so good for so long that we can't imagine. Anything happening on our own soil. Wars happen over there in, in Europe. Wars happen over in the Middle East to, to brown people and to Muslims. That that's who die. We're always the ones who are okay, right? And again, that was that was America's mistake uh, when, when Japan attacked Pearl Harbor. They thought that they were going to be attacking Japan. They had no idea that Japan was on its way to attack them. Right? And all the warning signs were there. And this is when I think. Uh, and this, this is something else you throw into the mix as far as timing. Everyone in America knows that Donald Trump is going to win by a landslide. Everybody knows it. The question is, what are the Democrats going to do in, in terms of, of corruption and stealing and, and manipulating all of our computers to show that someone else won? 
but everyone knows he's going to win and win by a landslide, like just like he did in 2020. Our mm -hmm. adversaries know that too. And they're watching their clock and they're saying, we're running out of time. If we are going to do something, we need to do it now. We can't wait until Trump comes in because they know Trump will literally blow up the world if he has to, right? Because he's America first, damn the torpedoes. He's already showing it. So I think there's a clock ticking from our adversaries and they're pouring all their people in and the clock's ticking because they know they can't do anything when Trump gets in because mm. everything's going to change. He's going to deport everybody. It's going to be mass chaos, but in a good way. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a clock ticking. And I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I'm looking right at my computer at the, the, the national numbers. We had 300, 309,000 people crossed our borders and were released in October. Not yeah. last year, in October. Holy. November, the preliminary numbers in November look like they'll be over 300,000 each. So the last two, that's what I want your audience to understand is we have, we're arresting and releasing right now. Let me give you, let me give you something. I'll turn it over to Brian. As of yesterday morning, we had 20,000 illegal aliens in custody. 20,000. We had almost equal to that already jumped the border fence and is tamping out on American soil, waiting for Border Patrol agents to, to be able to go and get them and bring them into custody. Everything's broken. The whole immigration system's broken. So what I'm telling you is, you have 300,000 a month, and I'm telling you, at, at least another 300,000 are absconding through the desert. No one's there. We're not even talking about narcotics. We're just talking about people. So equally, I use this number because it's, easy, it's easier for people to wrap their brain around. Minimum 500,000 people a month are entering and being released into America. Half oh. a million a month. So, Brian, welcome to the party, man. Sorry, I'm late. It's been a heck of a weekend, and I had one more airport run to do. So, and when I got home, as and I hate excuses, everyone does, but I, I like to explain my logistics. I we have two homes we bounce between. So when guests are here, we have a bigger house, and then we live in our little Shrek mansion here. Um, and I had a good friend try to hook up this uh, infrared sauna. We were inspired by Tucker Carlson to buy one, and. Um, Apparently, you need a different breaker <laughs> when you change that socket out. So I was setting up a bunch of lights all around me. So it looks a bit crazy. Yeah, no um, but I'm here. And I was kept picking up while I was setting up on what you guys are saying. And um, where are we at? What, what are we talking about? So so we're talking about, I think, right now, America's vulnerability and the vulnerability, uh, not just of the military, but of the American people. And, you know, I, I was talking a little bit about Pearl Harbor and how um, the reason why Pearl Harbor happened was because they they thought that they were preparing to attack the Japanese. They they had no idea that the Japanese were coming to attack them. And so they were they had all their planes on their runway. They had all the boats fully fueled, ready to go. So when the Japanese showed up, it was like it was like Christmas morning, right? Like they, they, they couldn't believe it. There were, there weren't even planes in the sky ready to intercept them. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, JJ's talking about just the numbers, the, 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 just the sheer numbers of people that are pouring into the United States. We saw this, this house explode, I believe, uh, uh, in Arlington yesterday. One street away from where I used to live. 
No kidding. Really? Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, or I think one street, I used to live on North Buchanan street, um, which I think is like one, one street away. Wow. So, so what are you, what are you taking from this? Cause I, I told JJ, I, I posted the video and again, this is the internet. So take it with a grain of salt, but somebody uh, commented underneath my post with a screenshot of the apparent owner of the home. And, and the owner is a oh, Chinese national. You, is that a sign? Yeah. What what do you make of that? Well, I, I think it's important that we go through all of those court documents that this guy was posting, because I don't know if you watched any of the videos on his YouTube. And I think it was at James U-Y-O-O. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and JJ, after we got done last night, stupidly, I went to Twitter and I see Arlington explosion. I'm like, oh, I got to see that. And three hours later, I'm like digging into this. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Um, I will say this. I don't know if they've taken his stuff down yet, but if they haven't, I think it's very clear why is because he's talking about things other people call conspiracy theories about like the deep state and all that. And I could see them instrumentalize. I don't think they put that stuff up. It looks like it was genuine. They meaning the current regime, but I will say that I did notice it was up for a long time. And normally they take that stuff down like mm -hmm. immediately. Like they don't want people drawing it. Like if it, if it doesn't favor whatever political direction, the winds are blowing this time they left it up because it favors their political direction. That's how I feel. Um, still digging in, but there's he, what he did on his YouTube is he posted a ton of court filings that are publicly available. Um, and I, I just turned on my, my, my snag and I just started playing the videos and letting them record. So I, I do want to go through those, um, because it bounces between like New York and, uh, you know, Arlington. Another thing too, this guy, um, that area is i mean that's like contractor central okay and it's not cheap it's not a cheap area at all that's north arlington that is creme de la creme um that and was a million so, dollar house right would you say it's a million dollar house easy around there easily yeah, i mean easy. i i lived in one easily yeah i mean i lived in one of those i rented but i mean the the rent was actually reasonable but um again um th those are really high i mean I won't say high end, but they're very expensive homes. I mean, that is where you want to live if you're a government contractor, because you also have 66 and Glebe Road. Um, you have quick access to the metro. It's it's a great area. It's, and it's a really nice area, too. I mean, it's uh, yeah, lots Brian, of Brian, we were talking stuff. about this. This wasn't just like, okay, a window blew out or like it no. was like a Scud missile flew into a neighborhood and blew a house to smithereens. You know, it's funny. I, I, I don't, I was trying, I don't think it was a missile, but I, I, I do know it wasn't a freaking flare. Um, and even if it was a, like he turned on the stove or something and then was lighting flares. No, it's a different no. kind of explosion. Cause is that I what they said? Is that what they said? They attributed it to a flare. Yeah. yeah. He was shooting flares. Yeah. It's, it's all a lie. Oh, and to their credit, one local reporter last night, and I've got all these reels, I'll get them to you if you want to, um, you know, uh, cut them together. But um, they said, um, 
the, the this local reporter did ask um the lady i guess who's the police spokesperson um you know okay so it seems a bit far-fetched that this was caused by a flare okay and they they're sticking to that another thing too is that neighbors reported gunfire and they attributed the gunfire to flares i don't know if you've ever lit a flare i have no it's more of a hiss <laughs> you know, it's, um at best it might be I, i've never done one of those ones you pop in the air but jj i don't know if you have you jj uh, the flare a, a flare flare yeah where you pop it off and it shoots up does that make any sort of a re report that would be confused with a gun? No, it's a totally different sound. It's almost like a pop. That's what I thought. Right? Not like gunfire yeah. is very distinct. Yeah, exactly. And so um, neighbors reported gunfire. Now, there's another video, and I don't know if you guys saw it, but I did retweet it. Um, this local resident is kind of giving a lot of details. So I grabbed that right away. And he's yeah. like... Um, no, this was not flares. I mean, there were he he details how they had the tank go, the SWAT tank yeah. going in and uh, breaking the windows, and they're calling out, I guess, uh, non-lethal, non-lethal, so they could break the windows, and then that's when everything blew up. So wow. I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough in that area because I don't want to jump to conclusions. It it's not hard to blow up a home. I mean, it's just not, you know, you can turn on your gas stove and and close the windows and, and let it fill up and, and pop a flare. But because they'd already broken the windows and if you're if he's shooting flares in the air, obviously he's opening a door. I mean, it takes a lot of concentrated propane to you know well, to have to, enough to make that to blow the yeah. roof, you know, it looked like the roof was blown at least fifty feet to a hundred feet into the air. Right. I mean, those are the whole thing was look leveled. I mean, and those homes, just so you know, because I lived in the exact same type. Actually, mine was a little bigger, but um, it looks like he was in a duplex. Um, but those are like really solid homes. These are not like homes that were built in the 90s. These are homes that built in the 60s. And so it's like all brick, you know, really yeah. good foundations, really good, pretty sturdy homes. It takes a lot to blow them up. You know, I mean, if it was one of these newer homes i'd be like okay that could happen but these are like little fortresses I mean, this is classic dc type architecture so and they all have basements too like it, it's just i don't know man <laughs> this one that one i mean that one it, I, i'm still trying to trying to figure this one out um because i do my first thought and i'm sure jj's and yours was terrorist attack terrorist attack now we have the car thing that they wrote off as the guy lost control of his $280,000 car, um, which could happen. Um, but, but how did it explode on impact? The That's the question I'm, I'm, I'm wondering. Well, because it's Hollywood. All cars explode <laughs> like that, right? I mean, it's so, it's like, yeah. and, and Brian makes a great point. No one trusts anybody anymore. So like Brian and I were monitoring that as, and you and I were talking about that as it happened. Well, there, there were so many reports of that car with another car they lost was right. going and then to they blow up the Macy Day Parade. And then nobody talks about it anymore. And they're like, no, no, no. That's a guy coming from the KISS concert. He must have been pissed at his wife for making him go to a KISS concert and flew his car. Dude, it looked like the Dukes of Hazzard. I, I don't know anybody. I don't know if I could do that. Yeah. 
is catapult my car. It looks like it was it was some show at a fair where okay, everybody get their hand, stand amazing. on your feet and clap. Johnny's gonna it jump a hundred cars. It was insane. That guy must have gone 20 feet in the air. I've never seen anything like it. You know, yeah. never seen anything like it. You know, it's and it's nobody even asked. Okay, yeah, but no one ahead, asked, Jason. hey, where's the other car blowing up the Macy Day spray? Everyone's like, Okay, let's move on. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't you can't trust anybody. I and, don't at least. Well, it it looked to me like in the video, like he actually hit like some sort of ramp or something that yeah, you know what I mean? Like it looked like a stunt. And you know, I I'm not an expert, but I've seen a lot of car accidents and I've never seen a car explode on impact like that. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's now, okay. So let's, let's pivot because actually, uh, Brian, I want to get your input on this, on this next, this next thing. I mean, me and JJ were talking about it earlier. Can I say one thing really quickly? Please, please do. I think people should look for. So when I, so I was trained, you know, obviously I worked and trained in counterterrorism on the intelligence side. And what you do want to look for, and I think you guys are just instinctively doing it, is you look for the the precursor events. Okay, so there's going to be, you know, the testing of, um, you know, like reaction times. That's that's kind of what I feel like the bridge thing was, if if it was anything. Um, there's going to be the elimination of your internal spies. Okay, so for instance, if you've got a bunch of assets on the ground and you're about to invade. Normally, if you if they're worth if they're high value, you're going to get them out. If they're not, uh, you're just going to eliminate them. There's also um, funding. The funding we've seen the, the takeover of China, you know Chinese takeover marijuana fields into a cash business. I think child trafficking is a funding um, a huge funding source as well. Then you're also going to see lots and lots of. Um, propaganda and but bigger than that like acute propaganda so you'll start seeing a rise in um for instance like uh you know the jewish voice for peace thing is a good example something that really grabs the attention um then you're also going to see um uh, usually like a lot of um like kind of little attacks on police stations attacks 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 because the way most terrorists operate is they're going to hit one target to distract the first responders and then they're going to hit another target or they'll put out a threat about another target across town and then hit across town. And what's really gross is what a lot of them do is a lot of times they're doing this to see where they marshal people for their safety and that's where they actually plant the bomb for mass casualties. So just... As things escalate, I would recommend that people look at things like the Citizen Free Press is a great one, uh, Gateway Pundit. And just don't look for anything, just look for the pattern. If you start seeing, uh, for instance, wow, car accident on a bridge in seven states on the same day, that's a pattern. So look for the patterns. And, and why are you doing this? Because at a minimum, you can marshal your community to literally be on the lookout and be ready to shoot anyone, okay, who poses a threat to you. And Jason didn't say that, you know, JJ didn't say that, Brian O'Shea said that, but yes, because if you see someone barreling down the road <laughs> towards your house, they're not stopping, you know, they're not stopping. If you see someone walking up the driveway and they're not stopping and they're insisting on coming in, 
you, you've got to protect yourself. And I, I, I think we're, I think we're in war. I've said that for a while. I think it's about to turn kinetic just in time for Christmas. Yeah. I, I posed this. Sorry. No, JJ, go ahead. Please. No, no. I, I wanted to follow up, Brian. You're absolutely right. And prior Brian to you coming on, uh, Jason and I were talking about the lack of joy in the world at Christmas right now in, in America and in, in Canada. And there's this, and Jason said, there's a vibe, uh, a feeling vibration of pending doom. Right. And as we were talking, I just want to read this. This is just, uh, Charlie Kirk, uh, posted this. This is Christopher Ray and testimony today. And, and they have different beliefs in why Ray said this, but just let's take it at face value. The director of the FBI, Christopher Ray. And he said, I quote, I've never seen a time when all the threats are elevated all at exactly the same time. That's what, that's what makes this environment we're in so fraught. So you have the head of the FBI telling you that every threat has been elevated. And that goes to maybe what we've been talking about, that <laughs> there seems to be, I don't even know if it's a dark cloud, but there seems to be a when is there's another shoe drop it's going to drop and everyone is it's weird you know how i how i how i in in my line of work one way that i could always tell a criminal even if the person was illegal or not illegal like meaning i have a card holder i have a naturalization or i have a lapper card or i'm illegal is all the illegals and people that were always doing something i swear to you they all did this they even matter where they're walking they all would pause and they would literally like a robot kind of get, they were like, oh my God, am I going to get punched? And they would turn their body, not like a normal person, like, hey, what's going on? They'd be like, oh, okay, nothing's happening to me now. And they'd walk some more and then they would turn around like, oh, oh good, I'm still safe. That's how I feel mm -hmm. in, in public. I'm watching people and I'm like, nobody seems natural. Like, all right, I'm going to the grocery store, get my car. Really? It's strange. Am I am I seeing things differently? Naomi was just talking about that. My wife Naomi was just talking about that today on an interview she was doing with a, a, a holistic a detoxifying type person about how people don't seem quite normal. And it's not. It's right. It's not JJ, normal. And what you're picking up, and and Jason, I I don't want to hog the mic, so I'll make this no. quick. Um. I will say what you're doing is, is very important. I call this, um, you know, situational awareness baselining. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you go into Times Square, right, or a city. Um, if you walk for more than five minutes in that city and you get used to it, what you're doing, you're actually baselining, whether you realize it or not. So mm -hmm. what do people do in a busy, like, Times Square? They're going to stare at the lights. They're going to busy their way past the tourists to get to the train, get to the bus, get to the taxi. Um, they're going to take a lot of pictures, but you can always spot the homeless guy or the thug who's going to try to extort money from you because they are focused on you or they're just doing something that breaks the pattern. They're breaking the pattern because they're gearing up to cross your threshold. And, and it's, it's great that you, you have the instincts for that. And I would encourage everyone to do that. Like, get away from your computers and start walking around in your communities. And if it's been a while, get a baseline, get a baseline because it will really help you spot 
when uh, the situation has changed, something will break the pattern. Two cars stopping where there's no reason to stop. Three people, you know, parking their car five blocks from a coffee shop that they're having coffee at. Just something will change in it. And, and I would encourage everyone to really do that. Really just pay attention and don't look for breaks in pattern. Just soak in your natural rhythm of your community so when you you can then spot when something is abnormal yeah you know um brian it's that's right on with what i was going to say so i've been boxing for most of my life and i work with a lot of young guys i've mentored young boxers for a very long time and the message i always give them is turn off your brain right um you got to relax if, you, if, if you're thinking about what the other guy's doing, you're thinking about what's going to happen, you're tense, your reaction time is going to be slow. The more you relax, the more comfortable you are, the more your, your brain stops firing and you just rely on instinct. And, and, and that's what the training is about, is about getting all of those movements just, just to become instinct. And so I'm, you know, as somebody who's been boxing for a very long time, I'm very natural in the ring. I'm very relaxed. There's nothing that can really you know, cause me to, to, to lose my cool or to overthink. And I find that that part of my brain that tells me when to move my head, that tells me when to pivot, when to move my feet, when to throw my right hand, that part of my brain is active now outside of the ring. And that's the, the, you know, me and JJ were talking about that vibration that's kind of passing through everything. And that part of my brain is picking that up. And so I can sense that, that there's that, that there's that, element of danger kind of hanging in the air and it's yeah. <clears throat> it's a darkness that i mean i myself i've felt it ever since 9 11 the day 9 11 happened in my opinion was the day the west went dark it was the day that this darkness swooped down over top of us and slowly grew in intensity right and you know like i remember in december 2001 seeing reports in multiple news sources that osama bin laden had died and mm -hmm. then like two days later, the mall disappearing as if it never happened. And to this day, if you go and you look for it, there's like three paragraphs on it on Fox News, and that's it. And apparently, there was reports that he had died. Uh, it was long understood that he had Marfan syndrome, um, that he was on constant dialysis at the time the 9-11 attacks happened. And that, but, but, there, but there were reports that he died shortly afterwards in December. And now it is entire Brian, you're an intelligence intelligence guy. It's not hard for the Taliban to feed that information to news outlets. I mean, it, it originally appeared in the Pakistan Observer. So you could put two and two together, right? It is entirely possible. Taliban tells Pakistan Observer he's dead, so that, you know, hopefully America stops looking, right? But but what I'm saying is is that from that point on, it felt like we entered a, a universe where nothing makes sense and nothing is real. Nothing connects anymore, right? There's there's always some sort of angle being played. There's always so, some sort of psyop going on. And I feel like now we are kind of at the peak of that. We have reached like peak psyop where it's like nothing, nothing we've, we're being told is true. Yeah, I, I would certainly agree with that. Um, and and I agree. I mean, I think the 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 line I heard this morning was it's like a a dark mist has settled over the land. <laughs> and <laughs> that gave me kind of chills. But yeah, you know, I I I think honestly, you mentioned psyop. So so people understand psyops, perception management, and covert influence are all the same thing. It's um 
that's almost like the preparation we used to call that like intel preparation of the battlefield or ipb that's where you're actually engineering the um the population or the masses to to react you're 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 tuning them in you're you're prepping them for the propaganda which then is the the broadcast the leaflets the what i mean it's more sophisticated than that but so the propaganda is the broadcast and the psyop is the actual changing of the way the masses think you know and that's what we've seen and i would even say beyond 9-11 where i saw this radical shift from a nationalist i'd say intelligence that strategic operation in our own intelligence community to a globalist one, it seemed to be around the time bin Laden got killed. And, you know, he, he did get killed at the time they said, I can't tell you why I know, but I, 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 I know someone that knows. Um, but that's also right around that time. Think about it. Cause I think he was killed when in two JJ, do you remember it was like 2013? Uh, um, I, I want, I, I believe it was 2012. 2012, I think. 2012, 20. So between 2012, 2013, 2014, there were a lot of key events that happened. Sorry, 2011. Uh, sorry. Changed. Sorry. What's up? 2011. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Sorry. 2011. Okay. But in that, you know, in that time frame, you said a lot of shifts happened. Um, they changed the smith munt Act, which, you know, used to keep us from propagandizing Americans. That got updated to the uh modernization act where they okay now you can it's also 2014 is when i first found i didn't find it then but i found the first mention of vaccine confidence activities which is the propaganda that pushes vaccines from the hhs level it appeared in 2014 and it seemed to disappear from langley and um you know that type of mission seemed to really draw down it's almost like they sold it to them or handed it over to the to the HHS. And I've just seen these massive moves where public health or health and human services, which goes beyond public health, we've seen this massive shift of authority to them. And I'll leave it with this. One thing that really, really chills me to the core is my good friend, Paul Alexander, who used to work at HHS um, under Trump. He's a doctor. And uh, he just said in a conversation we had last Thanksgiving, he said something about, yeah, like after there were problems or, you know, the numbers started going crazy on the, the ballot counting and the, uh, you know, election night, me and the director went over to the White House to give our update on the election. And I went, wait, time out. What? Like, what? why is HHS briefing having anything to do with the election at all? And so I'll leave it at that because I don't have any much more than that. But so I think the darkness I'm feeling is it was inevitable that they, the powers that be would figure out that health and public health and people's fear of death was the way to really submit uh, to, um, to, to conquer um, Western democracies. Um, as you said earlier, we've been so insulated from it. It's very easy to make these populations scared of death. Um, and that's what I see here. I see all of these things that have happening as one big military move with multiple, multiple flavors, multiple angles uh, attacking us all at once. And I think it's spinning up. Uh, and then you add, you know, parallel actors that are, you know, just opportunists jumping in there as well. But you do have a tornado that's spinning faster and faster. 
and you know all you can do is find a good tree to hold on to and 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 you know be ready for it wow yeah, I, I do have one question, just one really quick question, kind of going back to the to the bin Laden thing. The 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 part of about the whole story that really seemed a bit off to me was that when they got him, they wrapped him up and dumped him in the ocean almost immediately. And you would have thought that they would give him the Jesse James treatment, you know, they would have him, you know, they would nail him to a board have people take photos with him and turn him into a postage stamp uh, do you know why they why they made that decision yeah absolutely because they didn't want a shrine so even if they took the body away after they posted him on the, the front of the saloon that saloon would be the shrine they didn't want a rallying point for him mm. um and and that was a key thing they didn't want him to become a martyr and so they took him to sea into international waters and faced his feet the right way and all that and but they i'll just say it because i'm not breaking any laws because i wasn't there but <laughs> i have it on good authority they did keep his hand his hand interesting to identify him yeah. that's all i know <laughs> that's wow all i know yeah no. so okay so uh, I guess the next the next point I want to touch on, and again, this is something me and JJ talked about earlier, but Brian, I'd like your input on this. Um, we're seeing just tons of Chinese military-aged men, Chinese nationals flowing through the border. I saw a video this morning of a bunch uh, of guys lined up along the southern border who had just come through, um, and, and, and JJ was talking about uh, a hotel in Panama that is all oh. Chinese. It seems like there's there's a there's a defined pathway to getting them into into the United States. Um, what's what's your view on this? Like, what what is going on there? Well, I think this is the result of um, you know enemy capture of key politicians and regulatory warfare, as unrestricted warfare would put it, which is, I believe, the more tightened up doctrine they're working under this Chinese Communist Party. So they're they're being allowed through two ways and that's as jj can speak to better than i could is um you know the 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 ngos and but the government's allowing it to happen at the state level um and then at the federal level so for instance where you see that nexus is in the omnibus bill in case of 2022 that was the i don't even know what you i guess the omnibus is like hey we don't have a budget so here's a bunch of money to to yeah. keep you going and so that went through in December. And I did a video on Daily Cloud um, about this, where I went through it and I did find something really horrifying. And that was um, the, for the unaccompanied minors, allowing pretty much anyone to come get them, anyone. Um, yep. And then also what I've seen is the shift in the Biden in administration when it comes to um, these different programs for, for illegal uh, aliens is there's always the public-private partnership. That's the key phrase. And it's, I've never seen so many NGOs in my life. And these are the same people who are ferreting these people around. Now, here's the key thing about NGOs. They don't disclose all their contributions. You don't know where a lot of that money is coming from. And um, so it's just something to keep in mind. It seems like we've been... You know, key elements of our country have been captured 
beyond just like, hey, paying people off. I'm talking generationally where these, a lot of these people, and a lot of them are on the left and a lot of them are the better schools have been propagandized since they were kids um, into this, this neo-Marxist ideology and this globalist way of thinking where, where you know, nation states don't matter. My, my own mother, who is not, uh, you know, um, she's a working class girl. She grew up in uh, New York and, um, and she lived in like a, kind of a Hispanic neighborhood because even though they didn't speak Spanish, they were, their dad was black and her, her mom was Czech. They could, that's the best they could do to pass off because back then it was all kind of divided up. But even at that public school Bronx level, she was telling me just the other day about how they used to sing this song about all the world is one and all this. And we're talking like uh, back in like the 50s, you know. Mm -hmm. So you see generationally people have been really, really um, propagandized into this communist way of thinking. And I would even say like even the idea of a, a nine to five job where you get a pension at the end of 20 years it's kind of a dangerous way to think too because you are relying on a, a like a state-like authority for everything um i think that's why entrepreneurs are the biggest pain in the ass for um for marxists so we've seen this so they've been captured early on where these people like ocasio-cortez and uh people like dick durbin i mean they come in with this mindset of a you know global globalized world we're all going to get along and everyone's going to be, you know, um, holding hands and exchanging recipes between El Salvador and, and Alaska, you know, but that's just not the reality of it. Uh, the reality is that type of thinking also lends itself to a submissive group think. And that's exactly what our enemies want because it's easy to conquer. America is impossible to conquer even right now because you have to conquer everyone. Um, but if you get them either eliminated or all doing groupthink, which we saw about half the population submit to during COVID, that's a lot easier to manage. And I'll say this one last thing. Um, it's so bad now that I, I was watching Dick Durbin, uh, I think of Illinois, trying to pass a bill to allow, to allow illegal immigrants to fill our ranks in the military to answer the recruiting gap. And I, I shouted on Twitter, which I normally don't do that, but I said, are you a complete idiot? Um, or did you just skip history class? Like, this is the exact way the Roman Empire fell through the, I can't pronounce it, it's like Quadorate, where they would allow the conquered people to become the military. And that just didn't really pan out so well, because at the end of the day, they didn't want to be ruled anymore. Well, now we have people coming here and this moron is sitting there saying these people, they want a chance to do their part and, and mm -hmm. you know, sure they this do. country. That's why they're coming. I'm like, no, they don't. And we I just said, talked about uh, that, Brian. What's that? Yeah, we just, we just talked about that and how when like you and I like to connect the dots. So you have if I hundreds of thousands. Thought. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah, really quick, because I think we need a little humor on this one because it's, it's it's such a dark topic. So I, I did end it with, you know, and I don't like insulting people on Twitter or in the typed word. I think it's kind of wimpy, but I did it. But I said, you know, Dick Durbin, I said, you know what, Dick? I said, the only pleasure I would get at this point with you is to put you in a round room and tell you to pee in a corner. That would give me something to watch and laugh at for days. 
Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, but anyways, JJ, to you, you know, over to you. I'm just saying it's like that's regular. That's 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 political capture. That's regulatory capture. And what that is under unrestricted warfare is you hit everything, and one of them is regulatory warfare. And also elite capture. Elite capture is the biggest one. JJ, go ahead. No, we were just talking about this. You have little, documented hundreds of thousands of Chinese and Russians and special interest aliens in our country, probably well over a million. And you're going to just say, let's just say we take 50,000 of them and put in our military. Brian, the moment we get in a hot war with China, Russia, and the Middle East, they're not going to kill their brothers and sisters. Like literally their brothers and sisters. They're going to kill us. But Dick Durbin, we talked about this. Jason and I talked about this. Dick Durbin, he had he's not a dumb man. He got into the Senate and has secured a Senate seat for decades. So if he's not dumb, then he's got to be malicious and treasonous to, to even think about doing something like this. This is unconscionable. This is this is a furtherance of the destruction of America through the illegal immigration system. There's no I would other explanation, Brian. I would say this about people like Dick Durbin. Um, and this is in no way to excuse him. I, I, I think it's not that they're stupid or or necessarily think that they're betraying the country a lot of times. But to understand the sophistication in the recruitment process of Chinese, um, how the Chinese recruit assets, and assets are the spies, not, you know, the case officers recruit the spies. They, they, they recruit everything at, at every level. So I, I got this, it really got to thinking about this, and I talked to some of my, my former SF buddies about it, and they totally agree. I recently went to... Um, this thing in New York about three weeks ago, and General Petraeus was there. It was a very intimate uh, gathering uh, that we were invited to. Um, and so it was interesting because it's a lot of really pretty powerful Manhattan elites in that room. And um, and General Petraeus is by no means uh, a stupid man. I mean, he's, but he's also certainly not a traitor, but some of the things he was saying i'm sitting there going no 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 not you not you and nothing like dick durbin but more on the ukraine side like come on dude like you're you've been there done that you're not some you know michelin man stuffed in a uniform like millie um like that's trace is a real soldier who i served under um many times most people did in that in that time frame but then it, then it hit me i was like well wait a minute you don't need to get to the general. You just need to get to the people that provide him as intel briefings. Just like you don't need to get to the president. You just need to get to the people that provide the president's daily brief or people at the State Department or his national security advisor. Mm -hmm. And so with Dick Durbin, you don't have to get to Dick Durbin. You just have to get to his aides. Mm -hmm. And then he doesn't have time to research this himself. He's going to go with his trusted aides. And that happens all the time. And it, look, it's the defense I'll make to anyone about Trump when people are like, oh, but he he blessed the vaccine. We can't trust him. And I said, you know, have you ever seen a president's schedule? Not Biden's. He, he goes to sleep at five. But most presidents work 
18 hours a day and every minute of their day is, is accounted for and, and scheduled. You don't have time. I mean, think about show prep, for instance, if we're doing a show, you're looking at two hours sometimes on the same subject of a subject you already know. Imagine being the president and you have to trust your aides and, oh, they have clearances, they should be good, or they've been here for a long time and this guy, your friend trusted them, they should be good. That's how it works. So we don't know the information Dick Durbin's operating under. And again, not to excuse him, I will say this, um, I have met so many of these people and they, a lot of them actually think they're doing something good. It, it blows my mind because they've been propagandized within that elite society where it really, really is, is densest. Um, since they were kids, like it, it'd be, that's why it's so hard for people to look at someone like Donald Trump with this populist nationalist message and be okay with that. That's they're, they're losing their minds in the same way. Like we can't imagine ever um, giving our authority to the WHO and by way of them, China, we can't ever imagine getting rid of state sovereignty or getting rid of guns. Um, and, but, you know, again, that's, you know, that's where we're coming from for them. It's flipped like, and that's why they get so angry and, and insane because they've been told that this person, that person is the devil. And if you just read, just read the cover of the New York times this morning, um, I'll, I'll grab it in a second. I'll, I just got to read you the headline. It's amazing. They're like, you know, a second term of Trump could be dark, you know, dark something. Oh, I saw oh that. My God. And it's just, so it's not lies. It's selective, but people trust that paper. I used to trust that paper. And then people trust BBC. They're like, Oh, how many people have you heard say, well, I don't trust uh, left wing or right wing. So I listen to the BBC. I'm like, same thing. <laughs> so, but I, I would, I would tell anyone put aside conservative media for one day. Okay. By conservative, I mean all the media that's not owned by China and only listen to MSNBC, CNN, read the Boston Globe or whatever the paper of record in your area is, um, read, read the New York Times and, 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 and come away with like, oh my God, like the feedback loop is so strong. Of course they think it's insane. And then I would tell people this, change your messaging into the redundancy and repetition model. That's what you have to do. Don't chase every shiny thing. Pick a subject and stick with it and hammer it home, even if they kick you out of Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> That's a good point, man, especially with Christmas coming. Um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, man, it's, it's just, it's so fucked up, you know? And it's like, the more I talk to you guys, and the more I get to know, like, guys like you who, are, who, who really know what they're talking about, the, the more terrifying it becomes because it's like, you know, it feels like we've been set up for a grand fall, you know, and this is just a speculative uh, observation and, and stupid, but, you know, you're talking about, you know, you don't have to get to the politician or to the general, you just have to get to his aides. And with these diversity, equity, inclusion programs, it's much easier for foreign nationals to get into those positions now, right? Like you don't necessarily have to be a, a naturalized American citizen, right? And so you can see how how the, all of this kind of moves together. And, and you know, I've, I've been 
I've been spending a lot of time lately kind of tracking this 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 neo-marxist cultural revolution that we're experiencing because I'm 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 convinced it's it's been imported from China. I'm positive it's I mean it, James Lindsay does a really good way uh, job explaining it, but it but it is it is almost an exact match to Maoism with a few adjustments made to 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 you know be able to slip in under the under the American radar without really being noticed, right? And I've been I've been spending a lot of time trying to trace this all back and figure out at what point did this did this end up here and how? And the further I go back, I mean, it's like it takes you all the way back to the day Nixon sits down with Mao, right? And who's the guy in between it all? Henry Kissinger, right? Kissinger oh, was the God. guy who facilitated that meeting. Yeah, I mean, I wrote on on X the other day. I I, I don't believe in saying any anything bad about somebody after they've gone but i'm pretty sure wherever he is now he has a lot to answer for that guy is responsible for more death and destruction than any other american political figure in modern history right but it it feels like you have those kit those kissinger figures have to be involved in order for all of this to come together and those tend to not be the figures that that get much publicity we don't really know who those people are and so I mean, I don't even know if there's really a question. I guess this is more of a statement, but I think that's 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 the problem, right? The problem is that that the people up front, you know, like I wrote I wrote in my recent essay that I'm going to be putting out next week, you know, uh, the American president is a crash test dummy in a death machine called Biden, right? He's he he's not he's not there, right? Like he's just he's just a that's crash brilliant. test. Well, thank you. He's just a crash test dummy. Right. But who are all these people around him? Who are the people who are moving the, the chess pieces? Do, do we know who these people are? No. Yeah. Nope. And that's the problem. I think we do. I mean, I think we do. I, I would I would recommend you read um, Peter Schweitzer's latest um, oh, yeah. book on the topic. And then I'd recommend just go to um, the China Forum at UC San Diego. And then look at the alumni from the Paul Tsai Law Center at Yale. Paul Tsai is the father of Joe Tsai, whose real name is Kai Chunkin, who was actually born in mainland China. He's the guy that owns the Brooklyn Nets. He's also the guy that runs Alibaba now that Jack Ma has been disappeared. And in my opinion, he is the highest ranking uh, agent provocateur in our country from the Chinese Communist Party. So anyone who's affiliated, especially with the China Forum, just look at who attends that. It's always Joe Tsai. It's always Jake Sullivan. It's always half the staff of Rice, Hadley, and Gates. Um, not Bill Gates, but Rice, Hadley, and Gates Law Firm. Look at these people and then start connecting the dots. And I've, I'll, I'll send you some of my, um, my old dot connecting on that. But then you'll start seeing it reach into everything. Like... Mm -hmm. Joe and Clara Sai Foundation funded fundsblackvoices.org. So right after Georgia uh, and the voting thing, you know, and, and then MLB, Major League Baseball, decided to move out of Georgia because, you know, the Georgia voting law was racist. So they moved out of 82% black Georgia to 11% black Colorado. Um, and somehow that was good for race. Um, all those people lost their jobs. Twenty-one, if I'm um, not mistaken, 
and it was Stacey Abrams who was one of the loudest yep. voices about how racist the law was and everything. And then you notice she just kind of shut up after that, like, oh, um, well, right after it moved to Colorado, two key things happened. Stacey Abrams got a job at blackvoices.org with her sister. Um, her sister was already there, but Joe and Clara Sai Foundation um, are two of the biggest are, are the biggest donors beside the Zuckerberg Foundation for blackvoices.org. And the other thing that happened, once it got to Colorado, then Tencent renewed their streaming contract with the MLB. Now, beyond that, I haven't analyzed what that means, but I will say all the players involved in moving that along, you can find them at the China Forum or the Paul Tsai Legal Center. So, so all these big players, is it just motivated? Is it just purely profit motivated? All these, these entanglements? I think it's ideological too. I think, I I think they hate America and they, I do. I think, I think money is the driving force, but I think the biggest driving force is ideology. If you look at Mayorkas and you look at the people that surround uh, Biden and you look at the hierarchy within DHS, uh, his lieutenants, and you look at uh, Biden's cabinet, they all share the same belief that America's success is built on a foundation of colonialism, slavery, and ill-gotten gains. And they want to disperse those gains to back, back to the rightful owners, the world. And once you understand that, everything makes sense. Now, are, are there people that are very opportunistic and they're looking at this and going, oh, I can make a billion dollars doing something. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wedge myself in that crack. Yeah, there's that. But there are, they're ideological. And you say, well, how do you know that? Well, let's just go back to Obama. Obama ran on a campaign slogan of hope and change and then he said repeatedly i am america is on the precipice of being fundamentally transformed wait nobody said hold time out what do you want to transform her into i thought you're running for president i thought you loved america so if i'm going to marry my wife the very first thing that i'm not going to do is fundamentally transform her if i love her now, if I hate her and she's obese, will and she's a giant wildebeest, and I want to slim her down by three hundred pounds, then I'm going to fundamentally transform her. That's how Obama and his ilk look at America. They look at a giant fat wildebeest gorged on colonialism, slavery, and ill-gotten gains, and I'm going to strip that that wildebeest down to nothing. Mm. That's a crude way would, analogy, but it's true. I agree with. Almost all of that, if I may, except okay. for the part that they want to disperse it. I think that's the messaging, and that's how they get the people behind them. But at the end of the day, let's think about it. How much is Obama really dispersed? How much does it? Oh no, they're not really going to disperse it, right? They're not. No, that's just that's that's they just. Yeah, that's a sales pitch to the suckers who are burning down cities and protesting on the streets, because even in China, I mean the central committee they live like kings and if you watch look at all the look at all the meetings of the Politburo and um the, the chinese communist party no one in the front row with xi jinping is ever wearing masks everyone else is but no one else is 
uh, no one in that that front row. And if you look at just the size of the grave he gave to his father, it's like the size of my town. And this is supposed to be communism. No, it's look, communism is the biggest scam monopoly in the world. It's the biggest, it's like the mafia. Okay. And I think people like Obama and Biden and Bush, I said it, Bush, um, you know, these, all of these people who transcend political parties, they, you know, if they, they already feel, and there, there's a, there's a, a, a thing they call this when you start siding with the enemy that you think is going to win, like it's inevitable. I forgot the term for it, but I think they're in that camp saying, okay, all right, well, if the, this, CCP, you know, international crime syndicate, because that's how I look at them, is going to take over the world, I at least want to see it at the table. And, you know, I want to have my and, and my piece of that pie. And I'll say this in the last thing I'll say about that is the mentality. I think they look at it as a big fat wildebeest, but I think they see it as something to be exploited. Like these mm -hmm. people are constantly, constantly playing chess you, you should read the book nudge uh, that will give you a great idea of how they manipulate masses um but the final thing i'll say is um and i would encourage everyone to read um the bodies of others that my wife wrote because she there's a part in that in the beginning where she really details some of the parties we used to go to and it was the real manhattan elite like the real power brokers so giant hedge funds everything and you know we knew these people and um, I remember watching the entire expose about Trump and the thing you said about grabbing a woman's genitalia. I was watching that at George Soros's daughter's house because our friends had borrowed it from her while their giant house is getting renovated. So, you know, I was in the, I wasn't part of the inner circle, but I was invited to it the same way you'd seen a Tom Wolf novel, like you got your token feminist and her assassin boyfriend or whatever they thought I was, you know, and that's why we'd go to make it interesting. Um, but the way they would talk about people on the street, looking down at people on the street, I'll never forget it. One of our hosts, he's looking down, he's like, it must be weird to not know what's best for you. I said, well, what? He's like, cool. like all these people, like, I'm thinking maybe I should run for president because like, they don't even know what they need, but I do. Like there is a weird godlike complex that, and this is not an isolated case. So I think when we heard the deplorable comment come out of Hillary, you weren't hearing someone reacting. You were getting a peek into that world and that mentality of how they actually do look at the world and the people. They do see themselves as having a rightful place ruling over deplorables. Mm -hmm. And how dare we have a voice um, it's a weird thing because even some of the ones that started as working class, they get sucked into this. Um, so I, I would, I would caution anyone to say like, you know, it sounds crazy, but they do think this way. It blows my mind when I hear it to this day, I heard it at that Petraeus thing. Um, that's how they think it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I believe it. I've never, I mean, I have my experience in rubbing elbows with, you know, elites is very limited, but I have had a few instances in my life where, you know, I've, I've talked to people and, and 
you know, um, comments like, you know, you're not really one of them, right? I'm like, are you fucking kid? Dude, I'm a Métis kid. I'm a half Indian kid from a single mom. I came from the fucking gutter. Yeah, I'm one of them, dumb, dumb. Like, just because I don't talk like them or I read more books than them, right? But but you get a glimpse into that and it's and it's really dark and, and you see the disconnect that they have from just regular society, right? And, and you know, Brian, I'm sure you know, your experience, because your wife is a, she's a, she's probably the foremost feminist of her generation. I mean, your wife is perfect window dressing for any, you know, liberal fundraiser or function, right? I mean, to have Naomi Wolf there is, is, it's a huge achievement for some of these people. But the thing that I have noticed is that a lot of these people do collect people, they collect personalities. It's like, Everything, everything in their world is very, is just superficial and, and, and window dressing and done up. But now the question I want to ask is, you know, the thing that I have a hard time reconciling in my mind is these people who, you know, they're, they're already millionaires. And then there's this opportunity to work, say, with a Chinese business or corporation, and they know they know who who this Chinese business and corporation represents. They know who's pulling the strings. They know what they're letting in the door, yet they still do the business. I, I just don't understand how that's, you know, they they do they like how do they do they view it as just business? I mean, how do they go into it knowing what they're contributing to, what they're what they're opening the door to? Well, they they first go into it thinking, you know, okay, I know, I know I'm being pulled into something dark on this. You know, Chinese side here, but we're smarter than them. You know, they they really do think that China sees itself as a junior partner in in all things, and they don't. China, of course, doesn't, but they let you think they do. And the Westerners that do business with the Chinese, they do think they're smarter than them. And okay, well, they we'll let them run around, and then we'll we'll lock them down with our superior IQ. Um, but <laughs> you know. And I see this mistake happens all the time. Plus, doing business with the Chinese, they're really nice. Okay. They're really nice. It's not like some guys, you know, uh, got a cigarette holder and, you know, smoking an opium pipe in like a dragon den. I mean, no, these are some of the nice, I've done business, um, you know, in the past with lots of, not, with lots of Chinese firms. Um, and, I can say they're all bad now, and I will say that right down to the hot dog stand because they all are part of civil military fusion in China. So they are all part of the military, but that aside, um, what happens is you allow your, and I was just talking about this on the way over, I, and I said, you know, they're so nice and you can feel yourself wanting to get taken in by them. And if you let yourself get taken in and then down the line, you find something out they will make sure that there's a counter message. So like, if you find out, oh my God, they're doing human organ harvesting, you know, gee, I, I didn't know that was happening. Is that true? No, of course not. If you read these reports here from your own foundations, which they've also captured, you'll see that that's some propaganda going on there. Mm -hmm. And thank God we have smart people in your country who see the truth and they'll break out our own NGOs that are well-known, you know, countering all this. So enough is given to these people to convince them like, nah, that's not really happening. I've got, I've got good proof. And then they always stand on authority and say, well, a report by the New York 
times said this and that sort of thing. But they really are, when you meet them, they're so nice. But man, it's like, do not turn your back for a second. And ironically, it was the Soviets that warned us of that in, in 1984. They said, do not arm these people. They are not what we thought and they're not what you think they are. They're not the nice communists that, that Jimmy Carter convinced you they are because they totally rolled him. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they they get in with it. But there is that sense of like, oh, we are smarter than them. And you got to remember that, I mean, at its roots, China's a very provincial um, society. It's a very agriculture, working class society to its core, which I respect. Um, but um, they, you know, People, especially in Europe and America, they look at that like they're smarter than them, which makes no sense because they've been doing this a lot longer. And I'll say this one thing too. I think it even clouds the judgment of people on our side of the freedom argument who get so mad at me when I say it all goes back to China because they're so convinced it's got to be the WEF and it's got to be uh, Klaus Schwab. And I got to say, I think that in and of itself, not even considering it might not be those people, that's a bit hubris as well, Western hubris as well. Like we couldn't possibly get snowballed by these people in China. It's got to be these sophisticated guys in the nice suits and the weird Halloween costumes that they wear with the kind of comical (laughs) German accents. I I do. And I think we've been conditioned to never think it's either them because they're too stupid or they're too nice I, so I think that's how they get sucked i agree i think i think the WEF and i think klaus schwab are our front organization for something much bigger now i know everybody has to run brian thank you for not giving up and 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 sticking with us and working out the technical difficulties um i want to ask no, both thank of you, you guys for being so patient Oh yeah, no, of course. I, I I hope to do this with you guys once a month. I I feel like my life isn't complete without the two of you scaring the shit out of me and making it so I can't sleep for <laughs> for weeks on end. Um, now uh, I got I got one final question. I've I've talked about this, uh, you know, uh, twice now on this podcast. But I, I, are we in a Pearl Harbor moment? Are we so arrogant? Are we? Are we? Sorry, I should say. Are we vulnerable because of our arrogance? Have we become in ex- exceedingly vulnerable and now we're going to pay for it? Is that where we are? And I want to pose that to both of you to answer individually. I'll answer quick because I want you to have the last word on this. I think you've thought about this a lot more than me. And the last word is definitely the best word. Um, I'll say this. I think at some levels we're cocky, but I mean, just talking to people with really good educations on the left and the right. I think we've just become freaking mentally lazy and that's why we're vulnerable. JJ. Yeah. I, I think that we for decades have thought that our government loves us and wants to do the best for us. And we have become a den of vipers and we have people that care about themselves and enriching their families we have politicians that have been in uh, in elected offices for some some is up to three and four decades, um, and they're extremely wealthy now on both sides of the aisle. I believe, and I write in my book, and I and I stand by it, that we are looking at the intentional destruction of the American immigration system because they're using they being the politicians, the corporate elites, are using illegal immigrants 
and the, in the system to fundamentally transform America. What that fundamental transformation is going to be, I don't know. Just like when people say, I think there's going to be a civil war. And my response to a civil war is that could happen, but I don't know what that manifests. I don't know what it looks like. Is it a shooting war? Is it a ideological separation? Is it the, the separation of the United States? I don't know. But what I do know that within three years, five years, a decade, or when my son is my age, this will not, if this continues, meaning if it continues past 2024, and even now I believe it maybe it's been so changed that we may be called the United States of America, but we're never going to look like we did five, 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. It's not the same country. Everything is changing and it's changing rapidly and exponentially. Wow. You agree with that, Brian? I'm a little more optimistic, but yes, I do agree with that. I think it's going to look better as long as we have great people like this crowd here, always fighting and never giving up. Yeah, Brian, I'm, I'm starting to understand what you mean by JJ's positive outlook. I, I get it now. Hey, if, if I had something positive, look, this would be so different. If Trump was in office and the border was secure, I would probably just be retired from the border patrol. I would be just starting going podcasts and I would say, look at, look at how great this, look at what we have been able to accomplish. Look at, I don't see that. I don't. And I'm a realist more than anything. And I don't care what Brian says about me. I'm not a negative guy. This is all, this is just I don't say truth. anything about you. He <laughs> Listen, started it. Jason started this. I'll, I'll say this. If I'm running into a war, I want to be running right next to JJ with Brian in an earpiece and me being going, hey, JJ says we got to kill these guys. Is, is that true? Okay, yeah, we're, we're killing these guys. Let's do it. That's 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 the ideal support oh. scenario for me. Oh, no, 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 no. no, hey, no. I, once you're, once I know JJ's everybody's got to go, but I got to tell you this about Brian. Brian gives me uh, a, a tongue lashing about you need to be less negative and be more positive right before we're going on air, right? About an hour or two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Brian, I'll try it. And then between the time he tells me that and the time we go on air, he fires off about 20 tweets of complete scorched earth negativity. And I'm like, whoa, hold on a second. Yeah. Mr. Positive. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, what's funny is, is I, 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 now that we've done all these podcasts together, I, and I've tagged you guys in a bunch of stuff. I get all your guys' tweets in my feed. And I, I like, I have to look through it cautiously now. Cause I'm like, if I see Brian O'Shea or JJ, I'm like, this is going to wreck my day, man. I'm going to have to go for a run or something after this. Oh, well, God. listen guys, we'll say our goodbyes privately, but um, for now, before we end the recording, can you tell everybody where they can find you? Go ahead, Brian. Sure. Um, I'm Brian O'Shea, SPI, oh, at Brian O'Shea, SPI on Twitter, at Brian O'Shea on Getter. And then, um, I have a column and a, a show with JJ um, at dailycloud.io. Just look for Unrestricted Invasion. And I am on Substack at Brian O'Shea or look for Investigate Everything. And you can find me at JJ Carroll 14 on X, uh, Substack at JJ Carroll, and, or just go to my website, jjcarroll.com. And that's where my book can be found and baited. And of course, I have, Brian and I have, I think, a uh, talk about something growing exponentially, Brian. Our podcast is growing exponentially every single week. We're adding thousands 
uh, of views, uh, tens of thousands actually from last week. So we're very excited about unrestricted invasion. You can find it at dailyclout.io. Daily yeah. Thanks for having count. us, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, you can count me as one of those views, man. I'm on board. I listen to you guys. I, I, <laughs> I tell you, man, I got I, 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 on. Oh yeah. yeah. Any look, you guys, you guys both have my phone number. Text me, call me anytime, man. I'm I'm always available. I would love to be on your show. I, I listen to you guys on my drive to the gym. And I literally walk into the gym with my with my with my butt and my body clenched so tight because I'm just like everything's fucking falling apart. Here we go. Let's go. Let's get busy. Um, but uh, that's but, Brian. That's Brian, yeah. not me. I'm positive. All positive. But once again, guys, thank you guys very much for your time. Um, I yeah, like I said, anytime you guys want to have me on Unrestricted Invasion, just reach yeah. out you, could be five minutes but if you have a guest drop out and you got five minutes to figure something out <laughs> give me a call i'm available um and uh yeah i'd love to have you guys back on i love talking to you guys everything you say it just gives me months worth of homework to do i end up googling stuff that i'm sure has put me on many different lists after every time we talk. <laughs> thank you guys again thank you guys thank you thanks man thank you